Hi, my name's Aaron Espindola. And I'm Linda OJ. And welcome to another episode of the Next Gen Business Podcast. Let's go. The Next Gen Business Podcast is produced by the Small Business Community Network. Visit them online at www.sbcncanada.org. So, Aaron, you've come up trumps again. You've got us a, a wonderful guest from where I can gather from the bio. Oh, yeah. We had this guest reach out to us on our Instagram page, um, and we're super excited to have her on. Her name is Allison. Um, I don't want to butcher the last name, but I think it's Procomp. <laughs> um, but she is the tea geek and plant nerd behind Geek and Tea. Well, that sounds very interesting. So I am going to say, Alison, do we call you Alison or Ali? You can call me Ali. Thank you. Ali. Now, I'm a Brit. I love tea. So tea geek, is that what it sounds like to me? It sounds delicious. Absolutely. So I am the owner and the grower of Geek and Tea. And essentially, I infuse... Yes, I'm going to use lots of puns during during this interview. I infuse my love of pop culture and art with tea. So I've come up with a pretty pretty unique branding. One of the ways I'm able to to share my love of both plants and arts is through is through my tea, really. That's amazing. Um, how did you get started into all this? Do you, uh, I think you were talking about some about like doing schooling and all that. Do you want to just tell our viewers? Sure. So I. As you can imagine from the word geek, I I am a geeky person. I am also a nerd through and through. So I spent many years, sometimes I think too much time at school, but my undergrad was in plant biology and horticulture. And I was that annoying student that found a whole bunch of loopholes and I was able to double count courses. So I managed to get a double major. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Dean of Sciences said, um, no, Allison, you can't do that. <laughs> I, I then went on to do my Master's of Science in Plant Pathology, so studying epidemiology and how diseases move in plants. I was a florist at one point, a horticulturalist. Um, I eventually settled into community and urban farming, which is what I love and I do for a lot of my career now. And oh gosh, I think it was in 2013, I actually started my business. So it's it's been a while, which is fantastic because I'm still in business. Uh, but I started off as a herbalist, really trying to help other people understand how plants are not just there for for our use for breathing because they provide us with oxygen, but they're also medicine. But then very slowly, all the geeky and nerdiness started kind of seeping its way through. And I kind of did a little bit of a switch and I started to focus more on my art. And I, I really found that more people were being drawn to tea. So that's kind of like the Reader's Digest condensed version of how, how I am geek and tea now. Oh my goodness, that's the most amazing story. Now let me let me just confirm something. When you say you're a geek, so does that mean you're very technical, you're very clever with those kinds of things, or is it is it a different terminology? Um yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty clever person. 
lots of really bad jokes, of course, in there. But I like to think a geeky person is someone who's just very, very passionate about certain things. So if we could say passionate about tea or passionate about plants. Erin, this is so interesting. Thank goodness this young lady approached you on Instagram to ask to be our guest. It's uh, it's amazing. It really is. So you actually make the you, – you come up with the tea by – do you grow the leaves? <laughs> I don't know what it's called. <laughs> so, so tea itself, Camilla sinensis, the one we're used to where it's like a black tea or green tea. Unfortunately, I can't grow that in Canada. Our climate just – doesn't work for it. Although there is one place in British Columbia and they have a very small plantation. But what I do is I buy teas from different farms. I want to say farms as opposed to plantations and really draw some differences there. So farms being owned by one or two people, very independent. They're no larger than 15 acres in size. Whereas plantations, think of the, everything is row upon row upon row, and it's like hundreds of acres owned by a corporation. So I really look for small independent growers to buy the tea, and I import it here. I mostly get it from China, a couple from Japan. I have these two cooperatives in Sri Lanka, and they're amazing because they're actually female-owned co-ops, which for you know, the, the Eastern world is quite different. Then I also get um, rooibos or red bush from South Africa. And then like all these other exotic herbs and spices from Costa Rica, because I had traveled there during my undergrad. But the thing that really sets me apart is that I'm a grower. I like to grow plants first. So things like calendula, sunflowers, any of the mints, peppermint, spearmint, uh, skullcap, like valerian root, those are things that I grow on family property in Ontario. Yeah. I honestly want to say I think I only know one of those plants. <laughs> but, <laughs> I told you, nerd. <laughs> but it was uh, really interesting to hear that you um, bring all these different plants in. How is it logistically bringing them into Canada? Is it something that you do, like you handle yourself, or do you have like a – third-party distributor that kind of does that because I know I did a project on like coffee breweries and or groceries and there was like these third-party companies that deal with the farmers and then they take a cut do you deal with the farm like the growers directly or do you use a third party for about 90 percent of what I import I do direct trade so that's where I'm dealing straight with the farmers which as somebody who is very much an Anglophile, and I only know a little bit of Scots Gaelic, or when my Ukrainian grandmother is yelling at me, uh, language can be a barrier. So I do have um, a couple of brokers that are able to help with doing those translations, but they don't take a cut. Because the thing that's really important to me is organic and fair trade. So someone who is a first-generation farmer and a woman in agriculture, it's difficult getting into this field and also being successful. We don't always get the recognition as somebody who grows food. So then having that point of view, I can take that and apply it to how I'm importing. I do 
also have a couple of wholesalers. So there's the grower and then there's going to be like maybe the the co-op. Then there might be a distributor and eventually a wholesaler. So you can see that money doesn't always trickle down to the actual grower. But the wholesalers have been absolutely phenomenal with working with me. They love my my quirky personality and the branding. And they kind of let me just piggyback on some of their contacts. And I've been able to develop relationships that way. For my spices, um, things like vanilla and nutmeg, I actually went to a farm in Costa Rica many moons ago when I was in university. Uh, it's a very interesting experience. It was owned by an expat um, who decided to flee from the Vietnam War and <laughs> set up this spice farm in Costa Rica. So I've, I've been there. I've seen how vanilla grows wild. I've harvested cinnamon bark off of a cinnamon tree. So I've, I've got those relationships really developed. You are so passionate and knowledgeable and I'm just I'm just blown away. It's just amazing. So when you were, you know, in high school, did you dream about this or is this something that just happened at the you know, you thought about it obviously, but you know what I mean? In high school I had no idea what I wanted to do. I I applied to go into biomedical science at U of T in Guelph and, <laughs> and then I realized once I got to Guelph and spent my first semester and I had to kind of choose between having a social life or just being in the books. Well, I wonder which way I went. Um, this is where Aaron could jump in. You're making the same, or you did make the same um, challenges and, and thoughts there, didn't you? You wanted your social life, Aaron, but you wanted to do well at college and you've got your own business. So you two are like two peas in a pod. <laughs> <laughs> You are really, you're amazing. So, um, Aaron, this is a wonderful story, isn't it? Because I think, you know, for our listeners who may be graduating university or college or even in high school, I'm guessing it will give them food for thought, won't it, Aaron, as to, you know, how, how Ali came up with this idea? Yeah, and I think a lot of the common theme amongst a lot of people that come and start their own businesses that they have to be super passionate about it and from the sounds of it you sound extremely passionate about it um which when you tell people and you describe your company they can just feed off of that they can kind of get passionate with you and be like oh my god i'm gonna drink coffee for the rest of my life now what do you think is it's tea <laughs> tea my bad yeah coffee's a big no-no <laughs> Now, do you employ people? Have you got people working for you? Um, I have a couple of people that are contracted, but not full time, which means I do everything. I do the growing. I do the packaging. I do the blending. I do all the marketing. I pull my hair out when it comes to bookkeeping and accounting because I, I absolutely don't like it. Um, so I definitely would suggest um, sticking to your strengths. <laughs> um I do all the educational sessions, you know, things like this. But the things you don't like to do, like there are days where I definitely like bang my head on the floor, the wall, the table, any pots and pans I can find um, because it's the things that cause the roadblock. And then I can't move forward. I'm just 
passionate in these other areas. So then I just like to contract a couple of small things out to other individuals. That, that's a great idea. You can't do it all. And I guess myself, yeah, myself and Aaron have found the same, you know, with our businesses, different businesses. We we have to, sub, you know, contract things out. We have to do things that we're really good at. So, again, um, how much time do you spend on your business? I mean, do you ever sleep? <laughs> This this time of year, I don't sleep um, because it is harvest season. So I spend most mornings getting up about 5.30, o'clock. I'm out in the field harvesting, like cutting the leaves off of, I did sage um, this morning. So then that will get hung up and dried in the barn and then eventually it has to be broken down. So I do all of that. In the, in the afternoon when it gets hot, so we've had some really, really hot days this year, I might take a siesta, but uh, usually I try and find somewhere with air conditioning and that's when I do my either packaging, like putting the tea into actual bags with the art and the stickers, catching up on emails, that sort of thing. But um, yeah, there's when it comes to farming, because my business really is farm farm first and then my product is tea. You have long days. And I always like to say to those who are interested in getting into whether it's urban gardening, backyard gardening, but you want to have a business where you're growing, you have to think of it more of a as a lifestyle. Because when the plants are growing, you go. And it's just go, go, go. And then like November rolls around. The world has gone to sleep. That's when the snow comes and that's when you get to relax. Now for me, because my product is tea, then we've got Christmas and it's Christmas shows. So then you're go, go, go again for December. And then everything is just nice and quiet in January. And then you start again in February. For your uh, product, do you just sell online or do you go to like local farmer markets and stuff like that or... Yeah, so I'm I'm located in Hamilton, so I do have online e-commerce, which through the past year and a bit has been great because I had already set up as an e-commerce business. Um, the first Saturday of every month, my mom, God bless her, runs the Aurelia Fairgrounds Farmers Market, so we've got a stand there. Starting in November, I will be at the Ottawa Street Farmers Market here in Hamilton. And then I also have a couple of stores in town and around the province where you can pick up my teas. Is, is this a lot to do with the sustainability though as well, you know, that y you wanna, you know, ensure that it's all kind of pure and, and organic and that kind of thing. I mean, I know not much about it, but. Yeah, so anything that I grow, I don't use any chemicals whatsoever. I use Good old manure and compost. And then if I if I exhibit a, a shortfall, like let's say I don't have enough lavender, then I'll buy it from a local farmer. But anything that I buy in is certified Canada organic. So I always have that that standard, which is really, really important. How do you uh, find the rules for shipping food via mail? Is it like really complicated to fill that out or no? Very easy. Thankfully, tea and herbs fall under NAFTA, so I never get stuck at the border. Oh. <laughs> <Which is great. laughs> yeah, that's good to know. So, if 
anyone is listening, whether they are still at school, whether they graduated, whether, you know, they want to start a business like this, where would they start? Obviously, with a passion, that that's essential. But where would you suggest they start? Well, yeah, I was definitely going to say follow your passion because that's the thing that's going to carry you forward. And really start working on your network. You need to have great support around you. For me, that was starting to go to farmers markets and getting to know the local farmers, um, learning from them. I mean, obviously, I've spent a lot of my lifetime already learning how to grow, but I'm always trying new things every day in my different gardens or on the farm. Um, but yeah, you just got to go for it. Honestly, <laughs> we have one, one life to live. And as long as you really enjoy what you're doing, I think it will be a success. That's a wonderful, wonderful way to, uh, to think about it. Now, the question many people will ask is, um, does this actually pay your bills? Is this something you can actually say, you know, <laughs> you're able to live by or do you have to find another way to actually pay your bills? Because many people say, well, how does she make money from this? No, that's a absolutely great and honest question to ask. Um Farming, you don't make millions of dollars. Let me tell you that. Like I said, it's it's a lifestyle. I live very simply. I don't need a lot of stuff around me. Um, right now, things pay for my luxuries. I can go on a small trip every year. My cell phone, my internet, um, everything that's related to the car is covered and half my rent, which I, I consider a really big success to myself. Um, and then the end goal is absolutely doing this full time. But right now it is part time. I have another job where I am a community garden coordinator. So I'm able to, I'm still working within kind of the, the same world, the same industry of like growing, but working for a nonprofit allows me to do a lot of the social justice that doesn't quite fit within the model of my business. So it's it's a nice happy balance. That's a good answer. Thank you for being so honest with our, uh, our listeners and our viewers because, um, as you know, I own two businesses and one of them is a business networking organisation. People say, I want to be rich like you, Linda. <laughs> you know, I don't want to do any work. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's hard work becoming rich and I'm nowhere rich. <laughs> so, Heron, what do you think? I mean, what what can we leave with our viewers as a really good question to Ali that, you know, your your brain has come up with? <laughs> the only thing I see is for tea, I, I personally drink a lot of coffee. I'm not a huge tea person, but I was wondering. Sorry to what hear. Would you, what would you tell people that say coffee is better than tea? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> um, I, I'm very sorry to hear that you're a coffee drinker, first of all. Um, you must have a very high tolerance for caffeine. <laughs> um, I think, oh, that's a really good question. Usually I just kind of write it off and I'm like, oh, those coffee drinkers. <laughs> but <laughs> I used to be a coffee drinker when I was in university. There was a time and a place for it. I will be honest, I had a lot of very late nights as a social butterfly. And then trying to get to 8 a.m. classes when it was like 
microbiology and the world's darkest like lecture hall <laughs> you needed coffee to get through because it gives you that really big jolt but um the thing i love about tea is that you still can get caffeine and if you need that high amount that high octane caffeine i do have a couple blends where like there is actually more caffeine per cup than coffee. So it really comes down to your taste. Coffee, I think, really appeals to people that like that kind of umami and bitterness. Whereas tea, you start bringing in a lot of florals and fruits. And honestly, like there's thousands and thousands and thousands of different teas around the world. There's not just black green oolong and you know like green tea so i think it's gonna be split on um on how i answer one is not necessarily better than the other no that's not true tea is definitely better than than <laughs> coffee <laughs> and how about guys we come to this conclusion moderation in everything <laughs> not too much coffee not too much tea um i love a cup of tea every morning with my toast of marmalade <laughs> because yeah, that's that's how i have breakfast yeah <laughs> and then dave and myself um have a coffee break about 10 30 quarter to 11 if we can manage it because we're both working from home at the moment well what happens during this part of the show we hate to let you go alison we really do but um this has been one of the most interesting it's been thought-provoking it's been funny your personality is just amazing when you do go full-time, I think your personality and the way you come over to people will be a huge selling point because people like to deal with people who are happy and love what they do, and you're amazing. So um, I will say goodbye to you, but Aaron will also say goodbye to you and thank you in a minute. But this is where Aaron has to, you know, invite our viewers to do things, don't you, my angel? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I uh, got to get got to talk to the viewers for a little bit, but um, thank you so much. Ali for being on the show. We really love having guests on here, especially in different fields, because then our viewers have the ability to see what it's like for other people in business, right? Um, and then for people that are listening, our subscribers or people are on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button or follow us on the Next Gen Business Podcast. That's going to be our Instagram handle as well as our the beginning part of our um, website where you can actually go to our website and fill out the form to be one of our guests. So if you do want it to be a guest, just make sure to DM us on Instagram or do the form on our webpage and then make sure to hit that like subscribe button. And thank you for watching. Thanks for listening. Check us out at www.nextgenbusinesspodcast.com.